Amen. All right, so we're going to be continuing Luke chapter 9. Last week, we ended with this thought of, is God real? And remember, we kind of talked about that phrase a little bit, and we showed that video. How many enjoyed that video last week? Yeah, that video of the guy in Times Square who was actually laying hands on people in Times Square and seeing people get healed. I mean, if you wasn't here last week, I can, I can you know, email you the video. It's on YouTube. It's really cool. And, I mean, this guy had no choir, no prayer team around him or nothing. I mean, these dudes were thugged out on the street, and he laying hands on them, and they getting healed right there. And it was amazing to see it. And one girl, she didn't even believe. I mean, none of them were saved. So we're not talking about these were Christians who he prayed for. These were just people right off the block that he's praying for, and they're getting healed. And one girl almost fell, in the, fell out in the spirit. <laughs> he had to catch her. And she was like, whoa. You know, and so it was so powerful. And the reason I ended with that was because a lot of times, a lot of things that we, we read, we hear, and we say, we say we agree with. But the truth of the matter is, do you really believe? You know, do you believe? And the biggest question I think we wrestle with in belief is if we believe, is God real? And so I just want to take this just a little bit further this week in Luke 9, okay? And we're going to pick up here in verse 18. And it says, once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one, that one of the prophets of long ago have come back to life. But what about you? Say, what about you? What about you? you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered. Now, it doesn't say the 12 answered. It doesn't say Peter, James, and John answered. It didn't say, you know, they all answered. One person stepped up and answered the question. Peter stepped up and answered. You are God's Messiah. And I love how the New King James Version says it. It says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so here's the question we're going to answer today. Is it possible to be a Christian and not show it? There's the answer to that. There you go. Is it possible to be a Christian and not show it? Now, this was a, is a really interesting question. It, it, it's for adults, but also for, for kids in your, in your age group. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, you hear, hear us as, as leaders say, you know, you should raise your hands while you're worshiping. How many have heard that before? You know, lift your hands while you're worshiping. Or we want you to be engaged in worship. Or we want you to participate in worship. Or, you know, pull your pants up. You know, all that kind of stuff, right? You know, all that weird stuff that we ask y'all to do. You know, put a belt on. You know, stuff like that. You know, and all these outward things. Don't be listening to this. You should be doing that. You know, and a lot of times, this is what we get back, okay? A lot of times what youth say back is, well, you can't judge me. How many of y'all, y'all have heard that before, right? You can't judge me. And everybody always drags out the judge part, right? You can't judge me. Just because my pants are sagging don't mean nothing. Just because I listen to filthy, foul music don't mean nothing. Just because I got my hands lifted, I don't have my hands lifted up in worship don't mean nothing. Just because I'm joking around with my friends while you're up there trying to teach don't mean nothing. It doesn't mean I'm not a Christian. It just means I don't have to show you that I'm a believer. And so we're going to talk about that question tonight. Is it possible? Is it possible? You know, could you be right? Could you be right? You don't have to show it. Is that even possible? 
And so let's look at this. In verse 20, it says, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Say, who do you say I am? Now, I think that's the first question as a believer we have to answer. Who do you say God is? Who is God to you? You know, if you ask me, well, you know, who, who, who do you say God is? I say, well, he's my savior. Uh, he's my father. Um, God is, is, is my supreme. He's my everything. You know, I, I, one day I was in prayer, and I was praying, and the Lord said, okay, well, give me a name for your situation. He said, just give me a name. And I said, Lord, you're my prosperity. He said, then prosperity will be yours. Lord, you are my grace. Then my grace will be made available to you. I, you guys just think, put, put your hand up and tell me, who do you say God is? Just, just give me some answers in the room. Who do you say God is? Yes, sir. Ruben. Creator. Great. Great. Yes, sir. A believer. Great. Yes. God's your... God's Messiah. Who do you say he is? Forever. Forever. Amen. The, um, the who? The ruler. He's ruler. Yes. He's my source. I love it. Come on, fellas. Give me a couple of more. Yeah. Lord and Savior. Done. All powerful. Daddy. He's my daddy. Look. Life. He's my life. Give me one more. Um, he's, the boss of you. he's the boss of you. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> you can't tell him he ain't the boss of me. Yes. He's my God. He's my God. Listen, isn't that powerful? You see all the different names that y'all just gave God? I, I didn't tell y'all that. That's why Jesus looked at Peter after he said that and said, hey, I, I didn't... Flesh and blood did not tell you this. My Father in heaven revealed this to, to you. And see, and I say the same thing to you. I did not tell you this. Our Father in heaven revealed that to you. Even at your age. Give God a name. And y'all just did. Y'all are great. Y'all are great. Now, the first outward display of this belief the minute you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the minute you have given him a name and know him based upon that name, back in the Old Testament, once you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, your first outward display of that was baptism. It was through baptism. Now, that's a picture of me when I was 11 in my gray baptism suit. All right, we'll get to that in a minute. All right, check it out. So now water baptism is an important act of obedience for every Christian. Water baptism is a declaration to the entire world. Say declaration. declaration. To the entire world that you have received Christ as Savior and Lord. It is a powerful experience. Now listen, it's a declaration to the world. See, back then, they didn't just get saved and then, you know, like we do. You accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, whether you were crying, whether you walked up front, whatever you did. And then most of us, you know, we, we feel good. You know, we figure, okay, I got my Bible now, and I'm going to open it up, and, you know, I may read it every now and again. I feel good. And then we go on about our business. But back then, immediately you had to show what you believe. You couldn't just say it. You had to show it. And the first way you showed it was through water baptism. Now, I got baptized when I was 11 years old. How many of y'all have been baptized here in the room? 
All right. So I got baptized when I was 11 years old, right? And so, you know, I was born again. I was saved when I was three, and I remember it. I got baptized when I was 11. I rededicated my life at 16. I rededicated my life again at 30 because 16, <laughs> it didn't work. So <laughs> I, read, I had to do it again. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Anyway, right? So at 30 years old, I rededicated my life again. So, but I remember when I got baptized at 11, all right? And so I was in this, this old Pentecostal church, all right? And it was me, and, and there was a bunch of other people that were like, because I was 11 years old, and so I figured they was all old, you know, they was like 25 and 30. You know, at 11, that's real, real, real old, right? And so it was me, and there was about five old people, and they had this pool. And I promise you, the water looked like it had been changed in five years. It looked like they was baptizing dogs, cats. They was baptizing anything anybody had in that water, <laughs> And I remember walking past it like, we getting in that? And it was a pool, right? And so we walked past it, went in the back room, and they're telling us all about water baptism. And I promise you, they should have now, when you, when you go to baptism class, you know, and they're explaining to you kind of what I'm telling you here, right? One of the things they don't tell you is hold your breath. <laughs> now, I, I guess they figure, you know, you're going to do that. But they kind of should tell you, hold your breath when you're about to get baptized. And so my baptism was a little similar to this. You know, and everybody kind of came around. You see everybody standing around in the pool, right? And the pastor's there, and, and he's, about to demonstrate, he's about to baptize this man. And my baptism was very similar to this. Let's watch. Good God Almighty. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Glory to your name. <laughs> My Lord. <laughs> That's rude. Somebody put that on YouTube. Look what your generation created. <laughs> All right, so my baptism was kind of like that. You know, they just was like, bam, and you came back, and that's it. And so, but I didn't hold my breath. And so I came up like dude was choking, spirit, you know, and here's the thing. I wasn't worried about holding my breath. I was thinking, you just swallowed that nasty water. <laughs> Lord, I'm going to need to be bleached from the inside. All right. So here we go. All right. But, it was, but that was my baptism experience at 11 years old. Now, in the scriptures, every time a Christian gave their life to Christ, they were immediately baptized, immediately baptized. All right. And so, and I love it because it says you declare to the world that Christ is your Savior, okay? Now, why is it important to go under the water when being baptized? Why is it important to go under the water with, when being baptized? Well, the actual word baptism is the original Greek word mean immerse, say immerse. Immerse, immerse right? And so, also, the scriptures indicate that by going under the water in baptism, it declares to the world, here we go again, declares to the world that I've died to running my own life. And my coming back up from under the water proclaims to the world that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is now alive in me. See, before we go under, it's a demonstration of our salvation. So before you go under, you're one way. You go under the water and now you've died, and you come back alive and renewed. And it's, it's literally the picture of Christ. 
So now you're just demonstrating to the world the picture of Christ. I love what it says in Colossians chapter 3. For I died, and my life has now hidden in Christ. And when Christ, who is my life, appears, then I will appear with him in glory. Man, that is, I mean, when you think about the depth of that demonstration, now I walk like Christ, for Christ died and came back. And now I've demonstrated I died, and now I've come back renewed. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Look, that's the power that you have to live as a believer comes from that demonstration. The power to live as a believer does not come because you just come to church or you just know the word. The power to live as a believer does not come just because you spend hours and hours in prayer. Although all those things are fundamentally good things that come, but they come out of this picture right here. They're not the before, they're the after. Do you understand? It's the after. And so you go, look, I've died and my life is not hidden in Christ. And now I'm going to come up a different, a different way. Baptism is an outward demonstration of your inward belief. Now here's our next question. If I was baptized as an infant, do I need to be baptized again? All right, and the simple answer is good. Good job. They flunked that question in the last service. But they were junior hires. What do you expect? All right. So if I was baptized as an infant, do I need to be baptized again? Yes. Baptizing infants was a practice that originated from the practice of dedicating babies to the Lord. How many of y'all have been dedicated to the Lord? Yeah. Isn't that cute? All right. (laughs) Dedicating a baby to the Lord as an infant is a beautiful and meaningful ceremony. It is a time of asking the Lord to guide and protect the child. However, it is very important for each person to make a personal decision to be water baptized as a declaration again Declaration to the world that they have personally received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This is why the scriptures indicate that it was after a decision for Christ that the person was water baptized. So let's look at our original question again. Is it possible to be a Christian and not show it? Well, look, I think the real question is this. How is it possible to be a Christian and not show it? How is it even possible for you to say you're a believer and not display your belief? You know, that's like somebody walking up to you saying, I'm a basketball player. They walk around with the uniform on. They got a ball in their hand. They actually know how to dribble. And you make a mistake and pick them on your team. And then you get out there and the realities of their life comes in the form of an air ball (laughs) and a bad pass again and again and again (laughs) because they look the part but they are not the truth and see you've got to take that picture to heart I do all the time if I'm a man of God I need to be a man of God I need to act like one I need to talk like one. I need to love my life, my wife like one. I need to love my children like one. I need to conduct myself like one because I am a man, a God, and I'm a child of the Most High God, and, he, and my faith is in him. And because my faith is in him, I need to act like my faith is in him. I need to talk like my faith is in him. I need to conduct myself like my faith is in him. 
you know, it would be funny if y'all came over to my house one day, right? And I'm Pastor Tommy, right? Pastor Tommy, which, as a matter of fact, y'all do need to come over to my house. We need to do, like, NFL football Sunday. How many of y'all watch the game? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I have a great time on Sundays. Now I got Sundays off. It's, it's awesome what you can do when you get a day off. You know, and so Falcons are playing the Texans this weekend, and we're 3-0, and glory to God. And, uh, you know, so I come to the 8 o'clock service. I go home. I cook. I set me up a spread on my countertop. I got my 55 over the fireplace. I turned on the surround sound. Boom. Man, and then I got NFL Red Zone split screen. So I got NFL Red Zone on one side and the Falcons game on the other. Jesus is Lord. I'm t- I have church on Sunday. I can close with that. But I won't. <laughs> But look, right, but that's how I spent. My life is great. My life is wonderful. My family's wonderful. My kids are wonderful. If you're coming to my house, it feels wonderful. It feels great, right? And it's an image of me. But if I brought you to my house and it was a complete opposite picture, it's mass chaos. My kids are cussing and yelling at each other. Everybody slamming doors, you know, beer bottles and wine bottles, drinking about all over the counter, you know, all over the place. And I mean, and you know, and you watch, you like, you watch this? Oh, my God. Pastor Tommy, you watching Scandal? Oh, my God. You know, all those kind of crazy movies that y'all shouldn't be watching. What? <laughs> Any of y'all, you see how I snuck that in there. See, y'all didn't even see it coming. All right, but... <laughs> Right? Y'all would look at me like, wait a minute, this, you're supposed to be pastor. That, that ain't, the picture doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And it's the truth for every last one of us. Every last one of us have to display our faith. How can you not? I love one of my favorite scriptures is Galatians 6, 9. It says, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I like what Ralph Wilder Emerson says. He said, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, and to be compassionate. To have, to, to have it make some difference that you lived and lived well. And Frank said this, no one has ever become poor by giving. Change to change the world. Come on. All right. And Maya Angelou, how many of you heard of Maya Angelou? Yeah, she passed away about about four years ago, but awesome poet. She said, when we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. And we're going to end with Luke 9.23. He says, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And follow me. How many of you guys have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in here? Praise God. Then if you have not been water baptized, sign up to be water baptized during youth-led weekend. It's going to be an awesome weekend. You know, it's going to be the first time we've ever done this, which is going to be very powerful. We've never had the youth get baptized during their parents' service throughout the weekend. And so we're going to do a video, and you can, you know, do the video sharing how, you know, uh, You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're no longer going to watch Scandal because Pastor Tommy brought it up, and, you know, you're not going to do any of that stuff, and, and you're going to put a belt on because Pastor Tommy brought it up also, and you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, you know, your parents are going to get the video also so they can take it home with them. So when you start doing the stuff that you said you won't do on the video, they can show it to you and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and it's going to, you know, and they can actually be a part of it. 
you know, so they can all cry, you know, my baby's getting dunked and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be a really, really powerful weekend. So if you want to sign up for water baptism, the sign-up form is out in the lobby, Tony, for water baptism. Just show up. No, <laughs> no don't just show up. How do we, how do, we do the sign-up for it? <laughs> yeah, sign-up sheet. All right. All right, there is a sign-up sheet that we will have manifested by this evening and by next week so you guys can sign up to be water baptized. Amen? Amen. Did y'all enjoy that? Praise God. Hey, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this awesome group. I thank you that uh, they're so great. Lord, I thank you that they're so wonderful. Father, I thank you that uh, they're fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord, that they are your princes and princesses, Lord, and uh, that they're just awesome. And uh, Father, we just thank you that all of us in this room will begin to just display outwardly what we believe inwardly. That uh, if we've accepted you as our Lord and Savior, then Lord, we will uh, commit our lives to that example. Commit our lives to living like that example and uh, conducting ourselves as that example. Father, I pray that you protect each student in here, Father, each youth. Be with their families this week. Keep them whole and in health. Father, continue to make them prosperous, Lord. Show them ways uh, of increase and bless them. You be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.